we're going to continue our talk about the ins and outs of lawn aeration and how it can be profitable for your business. Welcome to the Lawn Care Frank Podcast, where we help lawn care professionals like yourself start and grow their business by tackling obstacles such as finding customers, hiring talented people, spreading brand awareness, and much, much more. Now your host, Lawn Care Frank. What's going on, Lawn Care Pros? So today, we're going to continue our talk with Bobby about the ins and outs of lawn aeration and how it can be profitable for your business. So now that we've covered that irate customer, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, uh, the pricing of lawn aeration. And we're not going to get specific uh, as to the number of lawn aerations that we did. We'll just say, you know, it's in the hundreds and hopefully in the next year or two, we're going to be in the thousands, right? Right. So, but we're not going to get specific into the exact numbers. Um, But as far as the profitability of lawn aeration, you know, we can kind of talk about that. And we're going to actually post some long form videos showing like an entire lawn aeration from start to finish. And in those videos, we're going to actually reveal how much uh, we charged a customer and how long it actually took to do that lawn aeration and how many people it took to do it. And generally, you know, well, always it's just one person. And we'll reveal that in the long form videos that we'll be putting out here pretty soon. So let's jump in into the pricing and uh, you know, how long it typically takes and that kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about, and again, we're going general form. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, uh, some of your smaller lawns that you did and how much they typically, uh, cost the customer, how much revenue that brings in for us. And let's talk about, you know, like a big, huge lawn that we might have done and, you know, how much revenue that brought in. Sure. Uh, so on our smaller lawns, uh, it's going to be, little more around a hundred dollars or so um, and in those kind of lawns we can usually get in and out within 15 to 20 minutes of doing the actual aeration cleanup walking it looking for safety issues to begin with and loading up and getting out so it, it's pretty efficient on those smaller lawns um, and now on those bigger lawns um, you know when you're talking thousands and thousands of square feet you know uh, I think some of our longest ones take about 45 minutes to an hour um, but they're you know pretty expensive. It's, it's going to be a few hundred dollars to do that. Um, I can tell you from a production standpoint, what I try to schedule is about a thousand dollars a day and a little over a thousand dollars a day in revenue, um, and that and that's kind of the best way to judge on how many to give that person as long as it's within a good area of drive time. Because um, you can't really go by how many stops because it's all about the square footage. And just from our experience in the past, if that person's able to do $1,000 of productivity, then they've done a good day's work and it has been able to be a profitable day for us. Um, and it, typically they can be done within an eight hour day. And that's kind of the balance of it. Okay, great. So uh, another question for you, it just dawned on me is, you know, how do you handle like small gates or areas that you can't? you know, use any of the machines? Is there like a special tool that you use where you can still aerate those areas? And again, how do you handle like small gates? So we do have two machines. One's a a larger machine that is kind of like what what I would say is kind of the top line Cadillac of of the market to where it does a lot of the work for you. It's not such such a manual. It actually is kind of like self-propelled. It, it pulls along and, and, and does the aeration. The other one is kind of the old school where you get behind and, and, and you push 
and it, as it's going, it's puncturing the holes in the, in the aeration, aerating the ground. Um, and the smaller one and the old school one does fit through just about every 30 to 32 inch gate. Um, it, it can be tough, but the thing with that one is you turn it off and you're able to push it. Whereas the, um, the other machine, the really expensive machine, you can't push it. It, it is, it has a motor in it and it, and it just doesn't allow you to, go free to be able to push it. You actually have to let the machine do the work. Um, so a lot of times in some of those tighter ones, you really have to move, you know, half an inch, half an inch, half an inch, and then you can kind of get through. But with those, um, with the smaller one, we're able to get through probably 90% of our gates. There are a few times where there's some areas or, you know, a small gated area where there's a step right there and, and you can't go down the stairs. Um, we have a, a handheld, uh, just a, it's almost like a, kind of like a pitch port, pitchfork kind of thing that has three to four places where you can step on it, you step on it and it punctures holes, just like the aerating machine. It's kind of a manual one um, that we'll use in smaller areas that, um, that we can't get the gate or get the machines into. So that's awesome. So basically, you know, just if you're going to do lawn aeration, you kind of need the right tools for the job, right? And, you know, when I first started out way back when, uh, when I was doing the maintenance side of the business, uh, I started doing a little bit of lawn aeration as well, and that was the smaller uh, machine that you got to kind of like manhandle. It, it, it manhandles you, right? right? So it's it's like really physical, and that's the one that gets through the gate and such, right? Correct. And now, would you want to just have that one, or is has it been more uh, profitable from a production standpoint to have you know the more uh, the, the more expensive machine, even though the most more expensive machine might not get into the very, very small gates, but it does get into like most gates, right? Oh, correct. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, I mean, realistically, if it's 36 or inches or bigger, it's going to get through. It's really those few older properties that have like a 30 inch gate, or maybe they've made some adjustments to their gate and or they have some stairs or stonework or something that makes it to where you can't quite fit through. Um, but that big machine is definitely worth its weight in gold. That guy, the productivity is like 10 to one. I mean, you can really do 10 feet to one foot of that other machine. It's just so much faster. And then uh, not only that is you can really do, you know, thousands of thousands of square feet with that machine and your and that operator is not worn out whereas hundreds of it with the other one will wear them out really fast it's just it's a totally different uh operation it's completely different awesome awesome and so let's let's go back a little bit um you know we were talking about uh you know when you're doing the lawn aeration how we have the customers that are flagging the different areas and obstacles and such. But again, they failed to do that from time to time. And what I want to talk to you about is, you know, uh, damages, right? So sometimes there are going to be damages, especially, you know, those cylinder, uh, irrigation cylinder covers, which those are like a buck or two from Home Depot. So if you're going to do lawn aeration, it's probably a good idea just to have 10 of those on hand, five of those on hand, and not even worry about, you know, they didn't flag it. Okay, I'm just going to swap it, replace it. Customer doesn't even know that it was damaged. So they're happy, you know, so it's kind of being proactive, right? But there are circumstances where, you know, you might run into some other obstacles or things underground. 
So tell us a little bit about that and your experience uh, from the production side. You know, what things have we damaged or uh, letting us letting the audience know what to expect when they first start out. Uh, great. Well, first of all, uh, you're right on the solenoid covers. We do just have five or six of them on the lawn. I mean, five or six of them in the truck at all times. And if we happen to hit one that they didn't flag, we just swap it out. I mean, it usually doesn't break. A lot of times it just puts a hole in it. Um, it does. It is noticeable though. So um, that's just kind of how the way we handle it. Um, and in the past, I have had technicians that hit it, broke it, and then you know they would go, "Oh, I'm going to go run to." so-and-so big box store and buy some more and and, then fix it Uh, and that's that's great i mean they're trying to take care of the customer so i just made it easier on them by just having some in the truck they're pretty much majority of them are standard size so it's it's something you don't have to have 20 or 30 different ones you just basically need about six and that'll cover you on on most of them Um, other than that um, we have hit some fiber optic lines uh, you know for people's um computers and internet service that's supposed to be at least six inches deep and the machine goes about three inches deep and uh, somehow we magically hit some and uh, the customer will come out usually if they're home they'll let you know immediately like wow my tv just went off and my computer's not working Um, and unfortunately if it hasn't been flagged there's not really you know they don't they don't they come out upset and they kind of want to know where you were at when it just happened, but they know that it's uh, from the emails that we sent them to start out, that that's their responsibility to let us know and to have it flagged. But a lot of times they don't even know it's not that, it's not that deep. So I had a customer, we had a customer last year that that happened to, um, we were right there on the site doing the job and he come running out, oh, the TV just went off and he was like, where were you at? And I showed him and he was like, man, it should have been deeper than that. I mean, like he owned up to the responsibility of like, wow, that's that's not your fault. That should have been, uh, it should have been a lot deeper than that. So fast forward a year later, we come back and the technician's like, hey, I know, you know, you don't have it marked where that fiber optics was from last year. And he's like, oh no, I had to reroute it all along the fence. And he's like, I could show you exactly where it's at and you don't have to worry about it this year. So, you know, it was nice that he took ownership. He actually didn't ask for anything you know, to be compensated for what happened. But um, every now and then, uh, you know, we've hit a sprinkler head that the customer didn't know was, maybe it had grass had grown over it, and then we hit it, and then now it's got a leak when they turn it on. Um, and, you know, we, we've we never had to replace anything um, as far as sprinkler heads. Um, I have, at time to time, given some goodwill to somebody and said, oh, wow, you know, I'm sorry about that. If you didn't have it flagged, you know, it's, but, to kind of you know make things better for you and for me, we'll just go ahead and give you a little credit on the next service of something you know whether. And I don't ask them, hey, how much did it cost? Um, that's not my concern. If it costs, they they called you know one person that was a hundred dollars and they could have got it done for twenty dollars. I don't want to make them feel bad that they could have fixed it themselves for ten dollars. But I'm just going to say, hey, okay, this is what I'm going to do for you the next time. I don't negotiate, or I try not to let them negotiate the price with me on what they're having to spend. You know, I just tell them, hey, just remember for next year that we need to have all those areas flagged. Um, sometimes there's some underground drip lines from a sprinkler head to a tree. Um, I know we've hit those before because they thought that they were, you know, they didn't think they had to mark it. And I'm like, you have to mark anything that's not six inches or, you know, or below. And it's kind of an education thing. Whenever you reiterate what you've already told them up front that, hey, this is what it says, you know, you got to let us know because you're the expert on your own lawn. 
and uh, they kind of understand. And I've really never experienced anyone really upset. They're always disappointed that it happened, but it's never. I've never had anybody that said, I'm not, "Don't ever come back. I don't want you on my property" or anything like that. Now they do ask us, you know, are you going to be when you send an email and say that we're not going to be responsible for any damages? So I've had customers call me and go, "What? Are you not even going to be careful?" And I'm like, "That's not what the." what it says on our email. Our email just says that if you fail to, to flag it or fail to flag anything, we can't be held responsible for, for that happening. Um, you know, obviously, if we were to damage something that was our fault, we'd take care of it. You know, if we broke your window or did something crazy, but, um, you know, because you didn't flag it, it's not like we don't go ahead and try to help and look for those opportunities first. Absolutely. So uh, that's a really good point. So in the email or in the communication, uh, we let them know that, you know, uh, we're not responsible for anything that's underground or things that we can't see. So that's something that I encourage, you know, our audience to really take a look at. Um, and you tell them that up front, right? Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't work for the customer, then, then there's not a mutual uh, meeting of the mind. And when there's not a mutual meeting of the mind, then there's not going to be a transaction. So it's that simple, right? Absolutely. So, so you're going to do the transaction with us, but you're going to do it on our terms. And our terms are that, you know, we don't have those, uh, you know, special powers of being able to see things that are underground, right? Correct. And you know your lawn the best. And it's your responsibility to make sure that you notify us by flagging things or, you know, talking to us or whatever it may be that, hey, there's something in this area. Make sure that you're real careful or don't even do that area. Right. So if they can't do that, then, you know, they don't have to sign up. Right? Correct. And, and we do. We have had a couple customers in the past that said, hey, if you're not willing to be responsible for any damages, then I don't want you to do the service. I'm like, that, that's fine. That, that's absolutely your prerogative as the owner of your property. If you don't want us to do the service, it's fine. We're still going to continue to do your weed control and fertilization. It's not mandatory you get aerated. It's an, it's an additional service that we offer. And if you don't want to take that offer, you're more than welcome to opt out and not do it. So, um, and like you said, it's, it's a, if it's not a win-win for both of us, then that's fine. But like you said, they're not going to dictate the terms of how we do our business. If they're not okay with it, then that's fine. They can actually, I'm okay. Sometimes I go to lawns and they've already been aerated when we're, you know, we're doing weed control fertilization. I'm like, we didn't aerate this lawn. And it's not like I go to the customer and go, hey, what, what's going on? Why did you have it aerated? Why didn't you have us do it? That's fine. If they want to have somebody else do it, uh, somebody's out there trying to hustle and make their money too, that maybe it's the guy who mows the grass, that's fine. Um, it's just a service we offer um, for the customers. So, when you're comparing like lawn A, right? Lawn A that hasn't had lawn aeration compared to lawn B that, you know, gets regular lawn aeration from year over year. What would you say, you know, uh, the difference is? Do you see a considerable difference? Do you see a slight difference? Or, you know, in general, would you say, you know, lawn aeration is beneficial for the customer? I would definitely say it's beneficial for the customer. It really helps to help the lawn thicken up over time. Um, and when you pull those cores out and give the soil a chance to uh, spread and let the air and water get down to the lower part of the root system, I mean, it, it's one of those things you can really tell year over year the people who get it 
uh, and those who don't. I mean, I almost always can tell that, hey, these people are getting aeration. Or if I go look at that lawn, I think, man, they, they really need an aeration. I look and they haven't had one in two, three, four years. Uh, so a lot of it, too, is in those high traffic areas where they're walking and walking and walking and kind of beating it down. And that aeration can really loosen that area up, gives the grass a chance to, to kind of thicken up pop out and it definitely makes the color better. Um, I think the overall health of the lawn is, is greatly increased. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining me today, Bobby. Thanks, Frank. It was great being on the show. And for our audience, I hope this was helpful and we'll catch you in the next podcast. See you next time, Lawn Care Pros. Thank you for listening to the Lawn Care Frank podcast. Please subscribe and visit lawncarefrank.com for more helpful tips and information.